growing up in the country, yeah, I have vivid memories of like just these when we were a family unit, just these this country vibes, not Australian country like real dry wastelandy kind of. This is it was like full of vegetation, rivers, green, um, and obviously with that there comes a lot of wildlife and yeah, there is you know just there was fishing, there was um, I was just the norm for me was going on. Like climbing hills on the weekend as a kid, barefoot, just roaming around, and just like looking under rocks for things. I didn't even know what they were at the time. I was so you know young, and then I yeah I was just looking for things, and I could always appreciate appreciate that side of the um, of life, not just human like human life. You know, it was always. I would sit and watch birds for age, like I don't even know, like half a day on Saturday. And I can hear my mum yelling out, "Dylan, dinner's ready" or something. But that was that was the that was the that was the young times, man. It was like this very country kind of, you know. We'd go, like I said, fish, and then would um, you know respect the fish, and then would would t- teach me how to fillet it and da da da. And it was just this, you know, you go into the city now, it's just not there. So it was really the contrast of that all, and that, that allowed me to really appreciate, I think, life um, on a very deep level, uh, unconsciously. And then now I can be a bit more conscious of it, which is so powerful. It's like it, it, you really get connected with um, your space and who you are and interaction. And I think, yeah, that was a big part of it, that, that, that kind of country lifestyle. That was Dylan Taylor. And this is another episode of the Raw with Ollie McNichol podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Ollie McNichol. Um, first of all, thank you so much for being here, man. Thank you, brother. Such a pleasure. What a wild ride we've been on so recently together. Just the whole year has just been... Just, yeah, that's, a, that's a good way to say a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful year. Yeah. Good year, though. Yeah. Good ride. Mm. The best ride. <laughs> yeah. Not the uh, Magic Mouse or anything. Was it, is, that, is that what it was called? The one at the show that was all dodgy? I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad Mouse, yeah. <laughs> I was Good thinking one. Magic Mountain, Mad Mouse, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been awesome. It's been a real one. Um, I wanted to start this mm-hmm. by going back to, I don't know if you remember the very first time we met. Mm, Marion. You do? Yeah, good life. Do you, I'm just going to go there. So, <laughs> I remember I was doing, you were there with a mate of yours and I was mm. at the time doing... Um, hip thrusts, like glute bridges. <laughs> and Don't remember with that, a barbell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. So, yeah. yeah. Amidst doing my homework for this podcast, yeah. this just came up. Um, and I realized, um, yeah, so I was at, we were at Good Life. I'd never seen you before. And I was doing these hip thrusts with a barbell. And Did we lock eyes? Well, more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
I was doing something and I could just see by your the way that you were communicating with your mate there at mm. the time you had such a gentle and welcoming way of describing every single movement and mm -hmm. every intricate detail and how to make those tiny adjustments mm -hmm. to um, create better activation and, mm -hmm. and all that. And, and I think I asked you, um, I was like, hey man, do you mind watching to see if I do this right? Um, and yeah, and then that's when I truly saw who Dylan Taylor was. So you were like, yeah, man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, so I did it and yeah, I, I remember you gave me these tiny little cues and all these, this stuff <clears throat> and I was like, this was also at a point in time where I had just uh, gotten my diploma in fitness and personal training and I was kind of like, oh, okay, so yeah, this is what I'm going to be doing. And so I was just in the gym, going through the motions, that sort of thing. Um, and then after that interaction with you, I realized I'm not ready to be a coach because I don't yet have the ability to communicate and express things the way that this incredible man just has to me. And that was a really, really beautiful thing for me. Um, and yeah, I apologize. I'm kind of just taking over the very beginning of the podcast, oh, but All this good. kind of outlines Dylan Taylor and I want it to be well received how helpful you can be to the general public, your absolute closest friends and people you've never met before in the gym. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that that's basically that's basically when I realized the kind of person you were. And from then on, I've been yeah, following your stuff. And this was like 4 or 5 years ago. It was a while ago. I reckon it was 4 years ago. Yeah. Mm. Um I think you had your dreads at the time as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You did. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, so it's it's such an honor to interact at the level we are now and experience the things mm -hmm. that we are now together it's just it's truly beautiful so thank you for that man accept it brother accept it hard <laughs> <laughs> and my question to that is where did that gentle and informative nature or rather the foundation of the way that you teach mm. where did that begin damn it's <laughs> a good question. Um, <clears throat> from the start, when I started coaching, personal training, whatever you want to call it, I always had, always had a thing for it, and I think it came from upbringing. Obviously, I was I always saw myself as a leader, and um, you know, was captained through rugby teams um, early on, and those skills were, I think, developed earlier. You know, than than normal, um, but really found my place. I think at the start uh, of just being a personal trainer and just practicing the skills of communication and learning how to word things, and so so different individuals understand what I'm saying. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
and it was like a big learning curve early on when I first started the first six months you know I'd say something you know I might be like for example the cue chest up and they wouldn't they wouldn't know how to you know articulate their spine in the in the, a certain you know way that I that I wanted it and I'm like getting frustrated that they couldn't do it so I had to learn other ways to say things and 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 that's where the experimental kind of phase I think started early on and just the genuine genuine uh the the genuine passion for just being uh just humans just life itself um you know coming from New Zealand you know we're we're very we pride ourselves on our culture and and um being raised around nature and stuff I've always appreciated life in any form um so you mix the two together and I started developing this real like you said gentle and um understandable way of kind of doing what I was saying maybe or you know what you know does that make sense I I think that's kind of where it all comes from um and it just has grown and and developed and blossomed from there and it's just become a uh, I think that's one of my my biggest traits is communication in, in in a session with someone so they get the best outcome for um for what it is they're doing or just even with mates or anything just comms man that's yeah. what I've seen because you are the same with all all of your mates as well. Mm. It's not just like a an act or stepping into all right now in this moment in time I'm going to be the mm. coach or trainer. It's like that's just your way of life. Mm. That's your way of performing. Like you are just a performer. <laughs> <laughs> I try, man. Try my best. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's very refreshing. Mm. Yeah. So I thank you for having that presence mm. um, in this, in the industry, and yeah, in in my lifetime, I'm I'm very grateful that I have someone like you, um, especially to help me learn how to hip thrust properly <laughs> and uh, and load up the weight there. <laughs> More than welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, wicked. So you touched on your nature, kind of coming from growing up in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Let's. I would love for you to. Oopsie. Broken phone. No. All good. <laughs> it's a. It's a surprise. Like with the new iPhones and stuff, I'm surprised <laughs> it's. <laughs> no, they're sturdy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You. You touched on your nature, kind of coming <clears throat> from <clears throat> your upbringing. <clears throat> what about your upbringing, especially in New Zealand, <clears throat> gave you that um, that relationship with nature, nature, and. <clears throat> the ability to yeah to to teach people and and as we've spoken about do the things that that you do what what from New Zealand provided you with that ability mm. um or is it was it rugby or um everything bro there's yeah. so much to it right that molded and forged you know the iron under what I and the foundation of who I am but I think when it when it, when when you look at what I'm doing now with my profession uh, and career, it's what's really and what you refer to as like, you know, what helped to be- develop it in New Zealand. I think <clears throat> growing up in the country, yeah, I have vivid memories of like just these when we were a family unit, just these this country vibes, not Australian country like. <laughs> real dry wastelandy kind of this is it was like full of vegetation rivers a lot of green green yeah. um, and obviously with that there comes a lot of wildlife and yeah there is you know just there was fishing there was um, I was just 
the norm for me was going on like climbing hills on the weekend as a kid barefoot just roaming around and just like looking under rocks for things I, I didn't even know what they were at the time I was so you know young and then I, yeah, I was just looking for things and I could always appreciate appreciate that side of the um of life not just human like human life you know it was always I would sit and watch birds for age like I, I don't even know but like mm. half a day on Saturday and I can hear my mum yelling out Dylan dinner's <laughs> ready or something but that was that was the that was the that was the young times man it was like this very country kind of you know we'd go like I said fish and then would um you know respect the fish and then would would t- teach me how to fillet it and da 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 and there was just this you know you go into the city now it's just not there so it was really the contrast of that all and that that allowed me to really appreciate I think life um, on a very deep level uh, unconsciously and then now I can be a bit more conscious of it which is so powerful it's like you really get connected with um, your space and who you are and interaction and I think yeah that was a big part of it that 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 kind of country lifestyle Mm. I think we, we know anyone who's kind of been brought up in the country when they come into the city life they're that, they're that weird person or mm. that like loser maybe at school yeah but like they're the most fucking connected person probably there yeah. every yeah. movie will tell you that yeah <laughs> yeah man yeah and so yeah it was i've definitely taken a lot from that kind of upbringing that chapter when i was quite young um before we moved into the city and that's when I kind of got the, the, the feeling of the contrast. That was weird. That was a weird time mm. going from country and kind of this country school and then like this town, city, mm. whatever you want to call it. It was like a tiny, tiny little space. But yeah, got to learn best of both worlds in, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to put a pin in what you mentioned about the rocks and looking through rocks and stuff because mm-hmm. there's something I would really love to for you to elaborate on. But how you mentioned that you were you were searching but you weren't even sure what for <laughs> i think it's so cool because that's like a perfect representation of we have natural instincts as well mm. you know you were just being a human like searching hunting mm-hmm. gathering you were just looking like mm-hmm. and observing nature in that's that's really really cool mm. you, yeah the fact that you are, are aware that you were looking through rocks but you weren't sure what for that's just awesome. I don't know if that's weird for me to think no, that's no, awesome, no, no, but that no. is just, I think that is so, so cool. Yeah, that's, it's, it's a interesting thing looking at it like that, you know, at such a young age with, you know, barely developed consciousness at that time. It's like, I was just being, there was, it was just primitive mm. what I was doing and sure some development then and maybe I found things in the past and it kind of sparked memories of wanting to search for more treasure or things <laughs> um, but yeah it was always fascinating just finding just finding weird shit under rocks man like worms and spiders and stuff and mm. I don't know it was just like yeah the, I think the metaphor of all that is just, just like I was just searching for something for something yeah I, I can't think of it then I didn't know what I was searching for but I was just searching yeah. And always search for that something. Yeah. <laughs> Human search. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Um, all right. So how did you go from being this, this country town <clears throat> boy 
um, running through the, you know, on, on the earth barefoot, um, searching through rocks to then joining the um, the army. What was it called exactly that you were a part of in New Zealand? Just, it was just, yeah, the military. The, the military, New Zealand sorry. Yep. Defense Force. Yeah. So, yeah, how did that come about? Mm, um, <clears throat> so, I think the gap between, there's a, there's a big phase from, I think, te- like 12 to getting kicked out of school mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the military came after that okay did you want to go straight to military or have a let's let's touch on getting kicked out of school because yeah, okay. that's a that's a, a gap that um yeah we'll speak a thousand words yeah. so let's let's go there yeah 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 so <clears throat> um family challenges separation move to uh um the town area where there was a uh, it was an all-boys school, very multicultural, you know, Islanders, Samoans, Tongans, uh, Māori, Indians, you name it, yeah? And you can imagine there'd be a lot of conflict there, especially being in a quite, uh, I would say, low socio-economical kind of place at the time. I'd, maybe, I don't know, I can't really, but it was pretty rough back then. Um, the school, you know, had kids from, you know, who were... Uh, their fathers were members of the mongrel mob back in New Zealand. I don't know if you've seen the movie Once Were Warriors. No. It's a very intense movie, and um, and this is this is the stuff I was seeing quite young. There was a lot of a lot of fighting. It's high school. High, my first year high school, man. I had this. I had this huge. I, I don't even remember his name. I think it was Moses. His name was. Yeah, Moses. His name is huge Tongan, and he he came up to me and asked me for my sandwich. <laughs> And I said no, and I copped it. Pop, yeah, this was it. And then things happened, and I could—that's a whole story in itself. What happened after that? But these types of this, you know, cliche kind of school scenarios and things like this, and fighting, and um, I just couldn't find my my feet in high school. I just—I I didn't know. I couldn't grasp the fact of sitting there and and listening to someone talk about something I was not interested in. I wanted to freaking flip those rocks, man. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know, you know, and all due respect to the teachers doing that, you know, honestly, you know, a lot of respect for them. But for me, it just was, it just did not make sense. Um, the only thing that made sense was playing rugby and eating my lunch. <laughs> it, was the, it was the best. Um, and it kind of just, it just went on for a couple of years. And then at 15, um, at the time, um, what happened? I think I was dabbling with marijuana at the time. It was about that age, you know, that ripe mm-hmm. age. And um, someone offered me it at lunchtime. I took it. And as I was heading into, I think a teacher saw me doing the trade over. I got caught, got brought in. That was a big warning there, I think. And then I, after that, I started fighting kids and, and I, it just fell apart. And then I pretty much got the warning, like, you either leave school respectively or get kicked out mm-hmm. and that that's what kind of what happened um i decided to just leave and join the workforce mm-hmm. i didn't even yeah and that's kind of what happened there worked for a few years three years off and on still didn't know what i want man i was searching what did you do for work man uh work was i was working for my old man at the time he got me a job doing like um i was grading and picking apples on the far, on, on the farm apple farms um mindless somewhat okay because i was in within nature there's birds there was i could take my shoes off i could 
breathe. It was it was okay, but it still wasn't stimulating enough for me. And then a few other jobs, you know, um, what I, I think I worked at KFC for six months. Um, that was all right. Bulk protein. <laughs> all I knew at the time was it was protein. I was like, gains, and I was starting to get into training then too. Um, <laughs> Although I didn't know that it was like crazy surplus at the time. I was eating probably like 3,000 calories at the end of a shift to just eat whatever. I'm like, I'm getting fat, but kind of big, but that's good, right? I don't know. It was a weird time, but kind of escalated on a couple more jobs. And then... Um, no one's going to take your sandwich after that. Yeah. You put on that weight, that KFC weight. No way. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a few other jobs and then pretty much got to the point where... Um, it was just like, I need to do something more, more. And my old man served in the forces. He was um, like eight years. He was, uh, you know, boxer, top shot. He's all these awards. He's a, he's a badass dude, you know, and, and he was my hero. Um, so unconsciously, obviously, I'm going to follow in the same kind of foot, footsteps. And that's what led me to applying, um, joined. Um, and it was about six months so core uh, basic training core training then medically discharged early like pretty much six months in um and that was a pars defect in my lower back um i got an mri scan blah 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 blah. got discharged was sent home um on a the most lonely bus ride home um and i was lost man that's when that's where i was just very lost in that phase probably a low a big big low for me um, cause you could imagine getting accepted into the forces and getting, getting, you know, um, doing well in the ranges and ticking all these goals and knowing you're going to travel down the track and, um, studying sports science and doing these things. That, and I was like, I'm, I'm on it. I'm doing these things. And then one pack walked later in a busted back and then I'm sent home on a bus ride moments later. It's like, fuck, cause I'm a liability. Yeah. It was, uh, that, that was it. So that took a big toll not initially but it just gradually ate at me and I got home and I was just yeah I was in a very very weird space in bed till just the whole day for weeks on end just I was lost man and then the old man pretty much you know goes to me he's like dude you gotta get back on the horse essentially he's like this is happened gone on for too long I fell into a pretty hard I would say depression yeah I was going out spending all the money that I got from the defense force cars and drugs alcohol you know just all, all that jazz you know don't need to dwell on that too much but um all of that there suicidal thoughts yeah there was there was there it was there mm-hmm. um and then the old man pulls me up and then long story short got me some work I asked where he goes so, um, Adelaide I think I said that to you the other day I go where the fuck's Adelaide and he goes South Australia and I'm like what you kicking me over to South Australia um, I was thinking Auckland or Wellington you know somewhere local but um, pretty much yeah started some work over here and then a few jobs later and then cert um, through and and fitness and that's when it kind of to that 23-ish 22 part yeah yeah, yeah. we missed a very big part just then you kind of just went straight from that to <laughs> cert three four fitness no 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 tell me <laughs> how did you achieve your cert three and four in mm. fitness being a 
brand new person to South Australia <laughs> um, and having blown all your money uh, <laughs> on, on those at the time necessities. Um, yeah, let's, let's mm. go there. Um, all right, let's, uh, so arrived here, done a couple of jobs. Um, I was working at uh, Good Life at the time and that was Good Life uh, Glenelg. And um, I was just as a sales consultant because um, I wanted—I knew I wanted to get into the gym scene, and I just—that I, I, was—I started at sales, and I figured you know it has a good transfer over to coaching. You know, I can learn a bit about how to do that. Um, and one day uh, there was a sales rep for AIPT. He's as I'm finishing work, he's like putting his stall up, getting ready for all the peak hour people to come in and go. And it has this big banner. It's like, you know, become a personal trainer now. Da 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 da, your dream, blah blah blah. And like, I'm like sitting there, like, oh, yeah, um, yeah just pretty much mag- magnetized towards it and go over and speak to the, the, um, the guy. And he, he essentially just sells me the dream. And then at the end of it all, he's like, um, I'm like, how much is all of this? He's like, it's uh, $5,000. I'm like, $5,000. <laughs> uh, and that was a bit of a stretch for me at the time. Um, <clears throat> so pretty much I said, I can't right now, man. I, uh, I'm going to get your card or do something. I just can't right now. And we can, I'll sort it out down the track. When I'll, I'll save some money. And got his card. He said, all good, blah, blah, blah. He'll be in touch. I left home. At the time, I didn't have a car, so I was taking the tram. Um, stop um, shout out stop 10 <laughs> it was my jam stop 10 to stop 12 it was back and forth between home uh, stop 12 was good life <laughs> it was uh, down to um, went down to stop 10 I'm walking home and I was just uh, I lived quite close to the highway in yeah, um, you know the, the joint there and as I'm walking past um, I spot $10 on the side of the road I'm like, oh, it's my lucky day. I'm like, back, magnetizing it in. Let's get some money. I got to put this in my piggy bank. <laughs> <clears throat> and um, it's it's probably about ten meters away from the highway. And I'm I don't know what brought me to it. It just I thought, let's just go into. I you know you know what it was. Uh, I would have unconsciously seen pokies or like game. You know how it has game room or whatever it has there. And I knew I knew about the poker machines then. Uh, played around with them every now and again when I had a drink but um, I was like I just gravitized towards it and I went into the games room with my $10 and I got it in coins $10 I'm looking for my machine and I find a machine called Shogun um, and it had uh, the jackpot as four nine nine nine. I'm like this is it <laughs> this is it <laughs> so I put the dollars in dum 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 10 and I knew a bit about the machines then. I knew I couldn't do one spin and just have one line. So I did the th- I did all three, but I knew I didn't have many spins then. So I did three. It put me down to $7. Nothing. Down again. Yep. And I had pretty much $4 left after that. And I was like, I either do two, one, or like try to drag it out. Ah, let's do the three. Press the three. This got pretty much all three in a row. Dun, 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 uh, five, sorry. And the, the crazy part about it was, which was so nerve-wracking, was when you get all four of whatever it was, the, I can't remember, the horse or something, the substitute there, the fifth line spun for ages. It was like, shh, like, and then it slows down 
and it landed on the horse and it goes this lady next to me she's like ah going off I'm like yeah won the won the jackpot $5,000 man unreal <laughs> I, I still can't believe it man I've got a it's somewhere I've got a photos on like an old iPhone somewhere oh, really? it's an old, I've got the iPhone You've stored away yeah. that, I'll see if I can find it it's, it's a freaking and yeah pretty much um, got the went up to the the lady she took the um, cleared it out or whatever and then gave me $5,000 in cash they had I, yeah it was $5,000 in cash Brought it over to the Commonwealth Bank just across the road, um, banked it away, and then called up that guy and pretty much said, "Look, man, I've got the money. I want to pay." He goes, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I just sorted it out." And uh, you know, I was so in shock. I was like, and pretty much just paid it off in the, on there. And then that's when I started the the course. Not long after that, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Huge thanks to uh, that guy that sold it to you. He, he did Man. his job very well. Shout out to that person who lost that ten dollars. It's yeah. gone to good use. Trust me. <laughs> How crazy is that? Bonkers, man. That's yeah. insane. <laughs> did you, at the time, when you found the the money and then you took it to the pokies, were you th- mm-hmm. and you saw the four nine nine nine? Were you thinking of the course? Of course. Th- okay. Yeah. I, I don't. I wasn't very woke at that. <laughs> time yeah. of my life so that it would definitely happen though yeah yeah Just yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. If there was any chance of like, it, yeah, it just all, yeah, 100% drawn there. I was, and again, I was there. I went into the room. I was searching that same topic, searching. What am I searching for? Found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Far out. So how long ago was that now? That's six years ago. Six, six years. in a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, six. That's, that's insane. <laughs> Who's ever heard of the pokies like having a jackpot? That's incredible. And it was maxed out, man. The maxed out jackpot. Yeah. Couldn't wow. peak to 5,000. That was it. 4,999. Yeah. <laughs> and you got that in cash, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was crazy, man. I thought I felt like a baller. There's <laughs> a part of me that's like, man, I chuck a 50 back in. <laughs> I was like, I was like, because I was like, if I can win 5k, I can win. Yeah. Wait, but, so you did put a 50 back in? No. no okay. Hell no. Imagine. No, that's what I was thinking. I was kind of, yeah, fuck. You go back to the guy, you're like, man, I'm 50 bucks short. <laughs> Not going to be able to do it. You have to wait I'm for my, my next my, paycheck. Yeah. Or the next 10 bucks on the side yeah. of the road. <laughs> or the next, yeah, chucky change I find on the side of the road. Far out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's insane. So, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump a bit. Mm-hmm. So, let's jump to 2016, right? Mm-hmm. You had a conversation with Steve Cook. And oh. one year later, you decided to compete yeah. in men's fitness. Oh, damn. Um, I would love for you to speak to <clears throat> what, mm. what was involved in that conversation, mm-hmm. whether that was a major driving force, because I understand that you did kind of speak speak about it a little mm. bit um, but what was going on in that time at that time in your life mm, yeah man that's thanks for bringing that up old Steve Cook he was in Adelaide do you remember that I can't say I that's do. okay oh, yeah it was I may have been Melbourne a couple yeah, of times yeah. but yeah he was like back back I'm not a, personally I'm not a huge fan of him now mm-hmm. back when I was starting out though um, and starting in the industry he had a YouTube channel he's giving out a heap of free good content like he was I was like this guy's you know he's 
doing good good stuff and I was influenced by it. Yeah. And um, then I heard he was in Adelaide and um, me and a mate, we, walk, we were just going down to Glenelg to get like Zambreras or something. And I saw him. I got to, I'm like, Steve! St-. <laughs> um, and, and he would have he been thinking, oh my God, probably you know, crazy fan. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like yelling out to him and he's like, he's like, hey man. I didn't even know his accent. He's like, hey man. And um, yeah, we had a chat and I was just like, I, I can't honestly remember what he said to me, but it was very like um, motivational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing that completely landed on a remember, mm-hmm. but it was quite, it was just motivational, yeah. And at that time, I, I was working at Glenelg as well as a PT. And there was a couple um, of uh, big guys um, in, the, uh, in the gym who were doing competing um, Sal Hassan yeah yeah yeah. he was yeah. competing at the time and um, you know he had like a full client base and I was like oh this is like this must be the the next step or yeah, the next right. thing you know um, and um, yeah so there was like it was influence from a few angles and then I was following in it and I think remember that year 2016-15 it was competing was just huge yeah it was just flooded in social media it was just massive like, that rings a bell. Yeah, I'm, I'm that WBF. I wasn't aware of A&B, it then, but da 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 da. You had like yeah. uh, ICN on the rise. Then you had all of these like, it was it was a crazy time. It was the thing to do. It was the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was following again, following a bunch of people at that time. And I think I just started Instagram, and I was, I was. It was just what I felt like. I was just called to do it, and I was like, essentially, I was like, you know what? What's what's the harm in competing? It's gonna um, forced me to really have to dial in my trish, uh, nutrition and um, focus and have a new level of discipline that I've never been able to do. So I, I gathered all those like logical things of why it could be beneficial, right? And I was like, cool, this sits with me. I'm going to do it. And, you know, I was like, and then there's the other part that's like, and it'll be sick to be lean and have all those shots <laughs> on social media and da 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 and that kind of world. And I was like, this is a decent enough reason to do it so I, I signed up um, to um, um, A and B I was going to say ABN um, <laughs> A and B um, for my first comp and um, yeah 2016 I reckon it was towards the back end of it and yeah that's kind of when it all started so pretty much won a bunch of comps ended up doing a national comp um, won the national comp won a pro card in men's fitness there um, I don't know how like, well you can scale that as a pro card with A and B in comparison to some of the other federations. I don't know. I don't fucking care to be completely honest. <laughs> um, it was just a big achievement for me at the time. Any, you know, it's just like it was, it was something to do and I, I really established myself and my disciplines and it re, really reinforced that I was like I could do anything I set my mind to. And that, was, that was the big picture for me. I was like I can do this. So a lot of lessons learned within all that. Um, and then not long after I realized it wasn't all what it's meant to be <laughs> hmm. uh, Interesting, isn't it? a year after or so I, I finished the comp I reversed out of it nicely I knew I knew what I was doing you mm. know uh, put on some healthy weight and I was in a good mental state you know but that's what I thought at the time until I went down to the beach that next summer and I was anxious for the first time in a long time Hmm. I was worried about what people would think of me without having those abs, those abs that I showed on Instagram, <laughs> those abs that I would show in those stories and, and those highlight 
fucking fancied up pictures that had angles and lightings of the gods. You know what I mean? It was mm. like, that's not me. And I was at this weird world you go between. It's like, and you develop like, uh, say a level of anxiety around it, a body image. And that's when I realized something ain't right. I was like, this ain't fucking me, man. This ain't me. It's, it's not, it, it wasn't my roots and who I was. And, and I, I was called to back out of it. I did a couple of things with Ryder. We did some shooting and stuff and it just didn't feel right. And it was a little too fake and pretentious. I'll be fucking real. You know, it was just, it was just, yeah. So that's kind of where that all led. And it spiraled me out of that journey. Yeah. Yeah, right. So in saying that though, so yeah, how did your your comp go? Let's let's just touch on that yep, briefly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um so first comp was a really interesting process. It was like you know, the whole tanning, um, you know, I was eating I think at that time about seventeen hundred calories. It was quite that was for me for what I was doing was quite low. Um I would do it completely different if I was to do it now. But I was, it was still a, a decent amount. I wasn't completely done with it about it. And I, you know, th- thought, you know, can't eat carbs and only chicken and rice. <laughs> I was flexible dieting. I had the, I had the, my fitness power. I was doing it all right. It was hydrated. Didn't do water cutting and like none of that shit. It was, mm-hmm. I did it right. In my opinion. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, first comment. Well, really interesting process. Like just, like I said, the whole tanning, the, dialing in the the posing man the amount of hours i spent on posing um craig fisher actually helped me out years back with that okay he he helped me out with a couple of sessions early on and got me understanding how to kind of pose um to a base level yeah right and then i was like i can do this and i just started following i was watching um a bunch of um guys on uh, some pros at the time and i was kind of putting together my own kind of style and I'll just practice the shit out of it, and breathing and holding in vacuums, and you know how to articulate a certain position to show a better side of me and what not to show because maybe this sits a little differently. And um, yeah, it was a, that whole posing is very difficult. Mm-hmm. It's like to get to do anyone can pose, but to do it uh, in a way that really shows the best side of your body. And then the breathing in it and how to transition to extra, you know, and, and doing it all in a really flowy, beautiful state. That's hard. Mm. So that was, that was probably, yeah, posing was probably the most enjoyable part of it, I think, the journey for me. Mm-hmm. Alongside some of the mental stuff. But yeah, that was first, first um, comp and then a few other, uh, oh, my first national comp, sorry, I didn't win first year. Second year, came back and won it. Yeah, so state, national, state, national, won the second national, yeah. Um, the last comp, we'll skip to that one. I think that one, the ones in between weren't too much. You know, mm-hmm. good building blocks off from there. But um, the last comp was was quite special. Um, had to, I was in, it was in Parramatta. Had some, like a really tough lineup. A lot of them have become pros in their field and, and, and WBFF and a few others. And like it was, it was, a, it was a really tough lineup and, um, just the whole backstage thing and going on multiple times this big crowd um, yeah that was intense that, that last one um, but I just had this vision the whole time and it really kept me alight and I just 
I would always picture my family sitting in the crowd. Mom, dad, sisters, little bro, just, just looking at me proud. And that kind of really made me to, made me to feel quite natural within the smiling and holding and not that like, real like forced upon like kind of emotion. It was really natural and it made me feel quite good about doing all that. Yeah. Mm. So it's a very bittersweet sort of relationship. Yeah, and man. Thoughts weird. Around. Yeah. I don't so, talk about it this explicitly, you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, but yeah, it's, I've thought about it, but never vocalized it. Yeah. Mm. So what, what would you say to someone, say in their early 20s, who, who feel as though that's, that's what they, they should be doing? How, mm. how mm. <clears throat> what advice would you give them? Mm. That's and, a good question. And or, um, yeah, what recommendations would you give? Mm. Um, <clears throat> I think I can never say not to do it because it's, I believe every journey and chapter will enhance you regardless of the outcome, right? Because it's the process that develops you, right? And you learn learn things from it. So, but what I will say is definitely take a conscious level and thought about where you are in your life right now and if you want to prioritize what you're about to prioritize, yeah, about the nutrition, about the mental state you need to be in, about the training protocols and consistency you have to be there and to literally block out the world and become this very tunnel vision individual, yeah, and just like like a shark man ready to attack you just all day for months on end ask yourself that are you ready to become that shark (laughs) and just zone in for months on end and potentially affect a lot of things in your life and that could be let's say from a nutritional standpoint hormones yeah let's say from a psychological standpoint relationships not just with others yourself weigh these things out look into it a little and then once you've come with a decision and, and, and a conclusion of all of that, then make your decision. I, I, that, that would be, I think, a good way to look at it mm. and a way I would tell myself back then. And I think if you can put all that together, you'll, you'll have a, a good answer, I think. Yeah, that's cool. Because that, that was going to be my next question. What would you have said mm. to yourself, your, your younger self mm. at that time when you were about to yeah. make that decision? Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be very much everything along those lines. Maybe yeah. a bit more depthy and a bit more sharp to my younger self, but definitely along those lines, yeah. And just really, really like reiterating the fact that it, it is a fucking huge commitment. And it's like you have to be, you know, yeah, put a lot on the line. Yeah. What are your thoughts on um, just the, the saying that bodybuilding is a selfish sport? I think... <clears throat> Would you say that that's accurate? No. No? No. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think to a certain degree, but I don't think as a whole, no. Because I could, I could have continued and I could have still developed in other areas and then still, de- you know, realized I can have relationships and still do this. And, you know, there's... I think it might be more... If you're looking at that top level, it might be more challenging to have a balance to some degree but doesn't mean it's 
it's not achievable. Mm -hmm. You might just have to really be conscious and be really precise with how you do things and really smart with your approaches. And I think you could probably find some kind of balance to a degree, mm. but it depends on what, yeah, it depends on what you want out of it. Because if you have a relationship that say you have a girl by your side, you know, and she's, she's supporting you, you're going to do even better. Mm. You have someone supporting you along the way. Yeah. Sure, if you're truly focusing on yourself as much as you can and, and that's where it can potentially affect the relationship, but, so that's why you've got to be aware of it. So if you're conscious of it, you can, you can still, I think you can still get it done and still have a, a healthy relationship. But again, it's one of those things that's like you don't know unless you go there and try it and, and be in those scenarios, you know. But mm -hmm. I don't think that's completely accurate. Yeah, right. So it does just, it comes down to the way you go about it. Mm. It is choice. It's purely choice. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, well, that's awesome. I think that's really cool to, um, yeah, create some clarity around for, mm. for people because it can be given quite a bad rap. Mm-hmm. It can be, um, yep. but it doesn't have to be that way. So yep. it's awesome that you address that, that stigma. Um, another stigma that I would love for you to address is the fact that people think or believe that mm -hmm. in a cutting phase, especially at the peak of their cut, they'll lose a lot of strength. So mm -hmm. at, your, at one of your cutting peaks, you were doing chin-ups with an additional 50 kilograms. Mm -hmm. That is incredible. And I want to know, because obviously you're huge on body weight movements mm -hmm. and body weight exercise. Mm -hmm. Does that, do you feel as though your time in the, in the military has that kind of built that foundation and, and strength um, in those movements? Because that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, we'll start off with the whole um, uh, losing weight in a, through a comp phase, you know, to get to your certain outcome. Um, and strength, hypertrophy stuff, right? So I think, yeah, there's a huge misconception. I think when people go to cut or to do something, you just do this random, like just all volume, no intensity. Um, for viewers, uh, mm -hmm. dropping it, let's say, just going no, no heavy loads, but more volume and only just going like 20, 30 reps. The idea is, uh, I think, if you've built, worked your ass off in the surplus phase and developed the strength and you're doing strength and hypertrophy training and building this physique that you desire, why would you then do the complete opposite of it? You want to hang on to as much strength as you can because that's your foundation. That's your, your muscle. So the idea would be to completely try and push as hard as you can to maintain those strength numbers. You know, and and like you said, I was I think I was hitting some solid PBs through the through that block. You know, um, and and cut. You know, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to actually get some gains hmm. because imagine someone who's not competing, and then they randomly decide to compete. They're gonna improve their nutrition. They're gonna want. They'll, they'll be looking at their sleep and you know, um, stress levels and da, da 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 the list goes on. You would hope so that they're looking at this bigger picture, right, of, of how to improve the human body and, and optimize it. So it's like if you've got this kind of individual, they're going to get, if you flip that coin with them and they change their whole lifestyle, they're going to get results. Hmm. So you shouldn't be, uh, but yeah, to, a little off topic with that but in a way, but still it's like you should not be, 
uh, hang, basically hang on to as much of that strength as you gained through the um, prerequisite times to that comp. You mm. don't want to lose it. Hold on to as much of it as you can. And literally, the, the change in calories, let's say you're doing strength training, strength and hypertrophy training, right? And you're in a surplus at, let's say, 3,000 calories. Yeah, and your deficit is, let's say, 2.6, yeah? That 2.6 might just be a glass of freaking orange juice. Mm-hmm. Why should you change your, change your whole training protocol? You might just need to change your glass of juice. <laughs> That's it. Mm. Still keep doing the same training. Push hard in it all the way to the end as much as you can. So, yeah, it's just... That's the tweak sometimes, man. A glass of juice or a piece of fruit can be the difference between maybe a slight deficit or a surplus. Mm. And and it doesn't mean you have to change your training protocol. Yeah. Maybe if they weren't doing much, you know, enough hypertrophy prior, but then you, yeah, yeah, that that that's a there's variables. Yeah, there's a lot into it, but yeah, that that whole uh, topic there is is you want to be hanging on to as much of those gains as you developed while you cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So for a little bit of understanding for the listeners, so. Give us a gist of like a a general um, workout as far as, yeah, volume and intensity. What would the sets and reps and weight look like when you were in a calorie deficit looking to cut as opposed to um, where they are now, for example? Um, Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was uh, back then I think I was – I started off around 2.4, 2.5. I was hanging around there. That was a slight deficit for me. I think yep. I did a 15% drop. Um, and my training um, protocol at the time was legs push-pull, rest. Yep. And I just cycled that through. Um, I'd start the workout with, um, for example, the leg day. I would have a squat or, you know, kind of heavy compound in there. It was maybe a five-by-five, five, trying to just hold on to strength, really. Um, and then accessory after that so it might be some lunges some bulgarians some leg extensions some a lot of knee bending movements pretty much yeah Mm -hmm. wanted to get those quads coming through Mm -hmm. um and then push day something similar might be bench might be a military or overhead press or to some degree kind of similar numbers hanging around the five by five my goal was just to maintain strength yeah so i five by five was the magic number at the time Mm -hmm. i would probably do it differently now but that's what i was doing back then and then again, um, followed up with some accessory. The numbers in the accessory might be something like four sets of 20, for example, on a set of lunges. Yeah, I would rest a minute to a minute 30 between. You know, I'd want to keep that pump going, really break down the muscle fibers as much as I could, but still stay within the limits of not thrashing my nervous system. I was, I was aware of that at the time as well. But then at the same time, I had this ment- bulldog mentality. That shark <laughs> comes in and it's just like, go! So you push hard too, you know? So your RPE was like freaking nearly 10 every time, you know? And it got caught up a couple of times through the cut. You know, I was pretty fried. Had to take, you know, I started to get a little sick, you know? And this, these are things you learn. Mm. And I, I started researching into it. But yeah, anyway, um, those are the kind of numbers I'd stick to. And then a pull day, deadlift, you know, five by five, followed up with some, you know, maybe an RDL, three sets of tw- uh, 12, tempo, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like... Yeah, it was, it was usually a big compound followed up with a bunch of accessories and the accessories were around where I felt was weak in my physique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Sick. Um, so kind of coming 
bringing the training side of things to a close um, and on workouts while we're there, uh, you were kind of the home workouts guru and king before anyone had to do them. <laughs> and sometimes that would involve a skateboard, um, which was awesome. You were doing like, what would you call them? Like a split squat Yeah, it was a, with a skateboard. I called it the ghetto reverse um, uh, split squat or yeah, something like Love that. Love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. no, I, I, I did my homework <laughs> and it was awesome. Um, yeah, and you... Yeah, on that kind of when when you were all about those those home workouts and stuff um, obviously there are a lot of body weight stuff uh, because that's what you you feel is um, extremely important and very beneficial um, you also explained how kettlebells and rings in particular mm. like Olympic uh, sorry gymnastic rings mm-hmm. is that what you call what you yeah, call yeah. them yeah gymnastic rings yep yeah so you you explained how those are probably the most versatile efficient pieces of equipment on the market mm. that won't cost you an arm and a leg mm-hmm. so give us a a real brief w- home workout mm-hmm. with kettlebells and uh gymnastic rings yeah sweet yeah um yeah, so I'll just I'll just touch on how how I mentioned how they're so versatile and like they don't cost you an arm and leg. You can pick up a you don't have to get the like rogue freaking gymnastic rings, wooden like fully varnished up like fully specked up rings. You know, you can get some cheap plastic ones. Those still do the job. And you can get a full body workout from those things. They are intense. You know, if you look at a simple simple pull-up or chin-up right we remember how simple those pull-ups were the other day yeah right yeah yeah (laughs) so a simple pull-up chin-up you can progress to a muscle-up yeah the blah 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 the the rows you know lower it down do some uh you know decline or incline push-ups on the things you can go into l-sits blah 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 but the the ring itself it's so versatile and you can get so much out of it kettlebell as well again you can go and get a second hand kettlebell you don't have to buy a brand new one you probably want a kind of worn in one it's going to be so much cheaper anyway mm. so again you can do so much from it you can hold it in a front rack position you can hold it down by side unilateral farmer carries overhead snatching lunging squatting twisting turning pushing there's so much you can do with it um, and it requires the body to move in such an intricate way, which really connects you to the to the movement and what you're doing. Mm. Um, but to put it in a bit of a workout format, um, like you asked before, Ollie, um, a classic would be like, you know, if it was Saturday and it was hot and I just wanted to do something at home, um, I would have um, a superset. I'd pick maybe uh, three sets, but focus on maybe three to four sets of two exercises at the start. For example, it could be a pull-up, um, four sets of 10 of that, and I would superset that with, um, could be like a kettlebell swing or a um, goblet squat, yep, and I'll just rotate between those, maybe a small break after each superset, and then I'll you know, grab a drink, do another couple of exercises. It could be a uh, dip, yep, could lower them down, Drop into some dips and then again couple that with it could be a good morning with the kettlebell you know and just th- these kinds of things are the things i was doing um finishing off with um some unilateral stuff it could be like a split squat on the skateboard yeah um and followed with maybe a single arm um, power row on you know decline down you know uh, yeah. on an incline sorry yeah rowing so this man the list goes on with the exercise you can do with the things it's 
they're, they're unbelievable, for especially someone starting out and wanting to just learn how to use your body. Mm-hmm. Very, very, and I, was, I still use them today. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what would they what would they cost then for oh, man. going to the shops and buying a kettlebell, uh, whether a second hand or not, and yeah. uh, some rings? What does that cost? Man, you want to get some rings? You pay you pay ten to twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. You want to go online and get a second hand one? That's probably still in very good. You probably pay five dollars for the rings. Mm-hmm. Kettlebell? You I don't know. Maybe you could probably spend a couple couple of de- half decent ones. Maybe a ten kg and a. Um, 20 kg you might be able to spend somewhere between 30 and 40 bucks to some some dude who's just done with them you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you've got a killer workout which you can build a very good physique from from that itself You'll, regardless of physique you can it's it's you just get a very good workout from yeah awesome i love that i love that you've touched mm. on that um and also, thank you for providing everyone with that awesome <laughs> home content. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel like people need to kind of archive that. Like, well, everyone should have... It would have been cool for you to reference that a bit more during this time because you probably didn't even realize you were doing home workouts because to you, they were just workouts. I was just training. They man. were just workouts, yeah. an outlet. Yeah, yeah. But for at the moment, it's like, ooh, a home workout. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, if anyone is after one, if they are for any reason still stuck at home, head to Dylan Taylor's page. Go um, scroll down a bit. Yeah, find scroll it. down a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you'll also find a few other incredible pieces. So <laughs> as I mentioned, wrapping up the physical, you are just an ultimate performer. As I mentioned at the beginning, you've, you've just done everything you know you you've done martial arts um you've yeah bouldering like yeah, yeah like rock it. climbing so fun. um acrobats as well i've seen you doing like flips and like these um what are those one hand sort of cartwheels what are they yeah. called oh just like it was just like one hand cartwheel yeah <laughs> some some bruce lee shit it yep. was it was wicked um yeah, you've done everything, including Ninja Warrior. <laughs> oh, yeah, that chapter. Yeah, yeah. So what is it about that chapter that, uh, that comes up? <laughs> oh, man, that was a... Um, yeah, I, I think I ex- experiences, man. I just love experiences. That's what life's about. Mm. You know, go out and experience it and you'll learn so much from it. That, you, you know, that kind of summarizes what you said as well. You know, just go out and experience shit. You can, and it's fun. So... Yeah, moving on to Ninja Warrior though. Um, yeah, decided to do Ninja Warrior. Got a um, got a message from them um, back around those times, probably when I was doing those home workouts. Mm-hmm. That's probably what they were like. Oh, this guy's probably hey. suits the picture, right? <laughs> nice. um, so yeah, uh, did the application, went through all the processes, and and got the call up to go to Ninja Island. Um, that was what it was called. It was, just, it was just a little island that they put some stuff on. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it was an it, actual. I island? think it has a different name though. It's not Ninja <laughs> Island. It's, that's just what they called it. Um, it was just off Sydney, yeah. So mm-hmm. pretty much went to Sydney um, and got this ferry over to this ninja island and met all these other ninjas and ex-Olympians and all sorts. Yeah, it was a it was, that was an insane experience, like meeting all these great people and hearing their stories. And um, yeah, then uh, then it kind of went downhill from there. <laughs> um, what happened was my run wasn't till a lot later in the the night and they anticipated around 10 o'clock i'm like i'm pretty tired by then 
and it got to 10 o'clock and there were still people going and I'm like oh I'm getting real tired now and I started getting a few of these out yeah, was, <laughs> they intentionally had them there and we'd me yeah, and a few other guys drinks for those listening yeah, yeah me and a few <laughs> other guys are um, <laughs> drinking um, a bunch of energy drinks trying to keep ourselves up because we're falling asleep and it reached one o'clock man one what? o'clock it hit one o'clock and I get the call out Dylan Taylor you're on I'm like <laughs> yeah it was I'm not gonna lie it was pretty shit yeah <laughs> um, and this is the stuff you won't hear on about television right um, <laughs> yeah but um, yeah basically got out did my run um, started out um, walk up the staircase look out to the crowd and they're woo they've got the sign chair now <laughs> for real yeah <laughs> <laughs> Chair, woo! <laughs> See my sisters, yeah! Getting, um, had my top off. I was kind of lean at the time, not really. Yeah. Anyway, I was like just ready to rumble. So, started off, do, 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 did the, um, contruple steps or whatever it was called at the yeah. time. Do, 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 nailed that. Getting ready, slide down this, um, like, I don't know, slidey thing next and flip, landed. And I'm like getting to the bridge of blades. It's kind of like these, whoop, um, kind of look like this there's mm-hmm. about four of them though mm-hmm. and you got to kind of when you run on one it tips and the other one will come with it though right and you pretty much just got to send it <laughs> yeah. there's no way about it you just have to sprint and kind of not go too far out obviously because then the weight will be pushed down you're kind of going to stay in the middle but then also when it pushes down you don't want to get hit from the next thing uh, okay it was quite tricky and I was quite tired at the time too <laughs> anyway send doom 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 launch I made it but my upper body only lands over the, the kind of platform thing. Yeah. And my lower body doesn't land it. And what my lower body does, because I'm running at such fast speed, my upper body goes, boom, and lands. But my lower half, my, my foot pretty much hits this wall and goes, and it just has this massive pop. Oh. Goes, like a shotgun nearly. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, I had so much, you can imagine how much adrenaline and Red Bull was going through me at the time. I was just like, I got up, I pushed myself up and I'm like kind of limping and you see, you see the crowd, they're all like, and then the, the, the producers and people recording, they were like, they're like, are you right, man? <laughs> the speaker, yeah. I'm like, no, but I'll carry on. And uh, they're like, I'm like, I'll give the, I'll give the wall a go. I was at to the point where I had to do the wall and I was like, I'll give it a crack. Mm-hmm. And they're like, nah. They're like, nah. If just, it's not going to happen. I, I, honestly, I think I may have had enough adrenaline to get me through the wall. I mm-hmm. probably had the ability then, but, and but they pretty much said no, and I had to get taken off. And um, won't talk too much about the experience how I had with it. It wasn't the best, and afterwards, in terms of the service of what they did with me, mm-hmm. I'm not going to bag it out too much. Just out of respect, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. But it, it wasn't the best. Um, and yeah, basically long story short, um, the next day sent home and, um, my high grade, uh, grade four ligament tear or something. Yeah. It was lateral. Yeah. Where? Uh, right foot lateral. Gosh. Yeah. So that was shit, man. It was, I've got a photo on there. I've, I've, on there. You may have seen it. Yeah. You see my foot? I think I did. Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't have imagined that that would come from just like impact from yeah, a, man. that's insane. Imagine just like running and landing your upper body over there and then just your legs kind of smashing into it. Yeah. And they landed straight. So it went like, like that. 
Yeah. So it was. Ooh, yeah. That was pretty rough, and it was a, again like sent home. Probably thinking of it now, probably triggered some of those army memories. <laughs> felt felt pretty shit for a while after that too, um, of getting sent home, <laughs> broken. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was. But I had my sisters there. Um, they were supportive at that time, and you know, pretty much got home, and yeah, that was the whole Ninja Warrior journey. <laughs> yeah, insane, far out, and not many people know that about you either, do they? Well, man, I don't care. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I get you. It's it's one like, and I mean that with respect. Um, it's like it's it was it's for my experience. I love the going out and experience it. I don't uh, yeah. Yep, I yep. love that. I that's, love that. That's that's what it was. It was for me. Yeah. For sure. I mean, yeah, it's it was your journey, but that's totally... I like that. I respect yeah, that a lot. Yeah. This is mainly because as I was doing my homework and research and delving into you further, I was noticing patterns in the way your content had changed, <laughs> which I don't know if you were aware of. I mean, on some level, I'm, I'm certain that you were. Um but it changed immensely. Mm. It went from, there were a few phases. So obviously you had the, those phases when you were competing. Mm. Um, everything was sort of physical, aesthetic. Um, and it sort of transitioned to, you kind of opened things up and opened up your world to everyone. Um, you elaborated on past experiences. Um, your time in the military and one thing that I took away from that was so in in one of your posts you mentioned how in 2010 you considered yourself a troubled boy right to 2018 or I guess rather now a happy young man you've also mentioned in a very recent post suppression and expression mm. let's I would love for you to speak to who you were as a troubled boy in, in 2010 what life looked like in 2010 and does the differentiation from troubled boy to happy young man I mean I'm, I'm sure it would but I don't want to put words in your mouth is that the representation of su suppression um, and expression in contrast. Mm, um, sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. To to some degrees. I didn't write that post out with that in mind, mm -hmm. but that certainly works. For sure. Um, the... Um, what I meant from that uh, uh, in terms of suppression and expression is I think, yeah, you know what? That 2010-year-old, you know, 10 years ago, Dylan, young boy, didn't know how to express because I was so suppressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, yeah, the journey really changed uh, as I learned how to express a little more because so I found out little nuggets about myself I had developed I met coaches met mentors da 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 and along that 10 year journey to where I am now 
I've learned that if people can express more rather than suppress, you will be so much more connected to yourself. You will not bottle shit up, yeah, and not wait for that one little trigger and then it's like a champagne bottle. Yeah? And then it's just, you know, you see it all the time, day-to-day life even. Someone says the wrong thing and then bang, their whole world explodes. Mm. So express more, express and then you don't have to explode. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I was meaning from that. And yeah, definitely that 10 year old and that uh, 10 year old ago, um, young boy did not know how to express very well, but that's okay. It's normal. Um, And it's the journey that, that that, that got me to where I am and all the, you know, just experience. Mm. That was an incredible answer to a not so direct question. So I appreciate that. Um, But I'm just going to ask straight up. Mm -hmm. So you can say it in your own words. How do you feel your content has evolved over the past years? Mm. Say the past past three to four years. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's a good time frame. Yeah. I think that moving over phase the whole challenge and finding myself to then I didn't really start Instagram until maybe like four or five years ago I think which was pretty late for that at that time I think but yeah so which is a good time I think so but I think the first two years of it which was let's say six years ago or five years or whatever it changed from the fact that I realized that what I was seeking more was not out (laughs) it wasn't within things wasn't within my abs my (laughs) bigger pecs or fucking I don't know trophies or wasn't within having a new car or it wasn't in those things and once I realized that that's when I started that journey of looking into myself a lot more that journey, that chapter of the spiritual chapter a bit more, the delving into who I am at the core, who I am as a person on this planet. And what am I doing here? And what, what is, how does this work? That's when it all started. And that's when it all changed. And then, yeah, that's, does, does that, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, that's, that's the whole that's when it changed when I started looking in yeah and then I could express better yeah Mm. so so physically speaking what so what was your content then and what is it now Mm. so it was very very just the physical and external Mm -hmm. now I've got a much better understanding that the way I work and I think um, it's fair to say humans work as a whole is much greater and very much on a spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical plane. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very much kind of flowing between it all um, and can express all kind of motions there. And, and um, that's, my, that's my compass, man. I follow, that's my direction. I don't, uh, you don't need a physical compass. I need the, the compass of instead of north, south, east, west, it's, it's uh, <laughs> mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. You know, that's my compass, and you got to, and that's how it's kind of evolved. I've learned to kind of work between and let that direct me, and it shows through my socials rather than just the, um, you know, physical. 
mm-hmm. and yeah awesome yeah <laughs> beautiful explanation um let's talk stone stacking we've mm. we've spoken about it briefly a little bit um but i want to hear your i want to hear your thoughts on it <laughs> you've you've posted a, a really really cool um post about it uh explaining why you feel it's so important and special mm-hmm. um yeah tell me tell me <laughs> about stone stacking mm. so when i was young we, used to, we like i said in the country um i used to stack up stones i didn't realize <laughs> there it is again the, the, yeah man <laughs> yeah the stones. natural instincts yeah man i was just i'll just stack them up and I, I found it really cool how you could kind of balance them you got a big one and you could make it ba- so balanced on such a small one or you could get a small one and balance it. it just, I just liked how you could stack things and find a balance. Yeah, big word, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so doing it from a young age and then r- later on realizing that it's such a powerful thing to do and it has so much meaning behind it and um, like just to have the patience to sit there and f- again, it's very meditational, right? You know, focusing and being very present. You've got to focus on finding a big foundation and then start to slowly build it up. You don't have to do it like that. That's how I like to do it. <laughs> and find rocks that symmetrically fit and how to slowly balance it. It's a full process if you want to do it right. And if you want to make it into a bit of a workout as well, go get some big fucking rocks, <laughs> you know. That shit's hard. Mm. You know, it's like strongman training nearly, you know. You can go down the beach and find some big stuff and start to stack all that up. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is it's very therapeutic, meditational, and it, it, it's it's a really cool little hobby that whenever I get a chance or um, I'll, I'll do. Um, haven't been doing it too much intentionally now, going out to do it, but um, it's one of those quirky things that, you know, I, that photo that uh, you, you saw... I was out the back of Black Hill Reserve. I went for like a five-hour hike, with like a backpack on, a couple of like, I don't know, there's like, like um, Zupa Dupas and <laughs> just some car. I need something, you know, I'm just waltzing out in summer. Mm-hmm. And I just found this little stack of, like, there's this huge stack of stones. And I just, I just sat there for a moment. I just needed a break, mm-hmm. had a few, and then loaded up the stones and took that photo. Mm-hmm. And it was just allowed me to like, I was feeling fatigued at the time too, but it centered me back in got my breathing going right and then I finished the hike off um, so yeah it's it's a it's, there's a lot behind it more than just this little pile of stones stacked up of temperature <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just to to speak to that if you don't mind so you you had a few sort of um, subheadings uh, which were around stone stacking which were patience and relaxation mm. creative processing yeah yeah concentration and focus and hand-eye coordination as well as obviously yeah. nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you've you've just touched on all of that. So that's wicked. And that kind of brings me to, we've spoken about it pretty much from start to finish, but you're huge on getting primal mm. and just primal movement, primitive movement, mm. um, which I love and I am excited for there to be more of. Um yeah, can you, if there's anything that we haven't touched on already, what is your definition of getting primal? Mm. Um, oh, man, that's a that's a big rabbit hole, that one, getting mm. primal. Um, it can range from, I think, 
tapping into your your primitive self and what that I think means is getting in touch with uh, could be getting in touch with nature yeah it could be classified as mindful spiritual whatever you want to call it but that itself is I think being primal right going back to your primitive times um, and it could range all the way to taking your shoes off for you know man don't even that whole topic of getting your shoes off <laughs> it's just something we've become so disconnected from mm-hmm. and I'm really big on that and y- yeah you won't really see me with any tight kind of fitted shoes or anything they're all quite quite loose and I like feeling my feet and mm-hmm. if I have anything tight I, I want to just throw them off it's so uncomfortable yep. it's kind of like coffee in a way if you have too much of it you get too receptive to it if you get too and you don't know like you have another one it doesn't even do anything same with your shoes. If you wear them for too long and they're so tight, you lose track of your feet and how they actually feel. Mm-hmm. You know, when I put that same thing, I put on, if I got some shoes that are too tight, I want to just throw them off. I'm like, ah, these are terrible shoes. So again, could be taking your shoes off and going for a walk and feeling your feet and going back to how we were designed. To, we didn't have shoes. <laughs> we just didn't. We migrated and walked around barefoot mm-hmm. for all of our lifetime mm-hmm. for a long phase anyway. But um, yeah, it can range from a whole heap of things. But for me, it really sits around those two spectrums there, um, around nature, but then also going back to how we moved and um, dressed and uh, as, as in our attire for accessory things and mm. kind of just strip, stripping and disconnecting from that and going back to our roots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's an awesome explanation. Um, on the, yeah, taking your shoes off. So I found uh, Vivo Barefoot Shoes. Um, huge shout out to them. They are incredible. Um, so I found them. You, I realized you you were wearing those like many, many years ago, probably when they just started. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I want to hear about that. But yeah, so I found them a couple of years ago, probably a few years ago now. Um, and so I used to wear like cons every day, like Converse. Um, yeah, just every single day. And once I started wearing Vivos every single day, um, no matter what I was doing, um, I realized like my, my feet just, yeah, well, you know, they widen, they will expand, they will go to how they're naturally meant to be. Um, f- moving and and functioning and supporting the way that they're actually meant to support mm. instead of being supported by shoes, which is mm. so strange. Um, but yeah, so I after wearing Vivos, yeah, every day, I couldn't, I can't wear Converse anymore. Like I'll put, like even these shoes on, these shoes I'm wearing now, these are restrictive. Yeah. Like these are, even these are tight and, but for other people, these are extremely wide. Um, but yeah, for anyone who is wanting to experience that transition to, um, yeah, getting primal, but, um, also just becoming more, allowing your feet to do what they're meant to Mm. do naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, Vivo barefoot shoes are an awesome way to start and they obviously they provide shoes for any sort of, uh, occasion. Um, but yeah, you were using those years and years ago and I've seen some of the colors and different sort of styles that uh, I haven't seen anywhere else. Um, 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was um I reckon I got my first pair maybe like 8 years ago or wow. something. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They were the blue there there's a I've got them on a gram somewhere like blue and yellow. Yeah, but you want blue and yellow <laughs> 7 or 8 years ago. Oh. Yeah, whenever. When I like a while ago, maybe 5 6 years, I don't know, but mm-hmm. it was a while ago. And yeah, I don't know. They it just made so much sense to me because I was looking for shoes that were comfortable and they weren't restrictive and I kind of got it. I was like my my feet are, I'm feeling a bit sore through my feet and I was I then searched into some stuff and um Vivo came up. I was like, dope, let's get some of these. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, it, it and it made so much sense. It's like, you know, you're restricted all all day in these shoes that are support uh, supportive for you so you don't actually manufacture the stability in your feet to walk. Mm and support your foot arch so on and so forth and you lose track of how to use your intrinsic muscles of your feet yep and it's like building a house with an unstable base yeah and then people wonder why they have patella pain hip instability yeah the joint by joint concept if something's messy the rest is going to be messy right so that all made sense to me and I looked into this really early and um, it's something I've done with my clients and seen huge results from um, and, and tried to tweak as much as I can. Um, but yeah, if, if you, if you want to start off the, t- the cheapest way, just get used to being barefoot at home. Just start there. Every time you're at home, take your shoes off and your freaking two centimeter inch socks. Like get out of them too. Let them breathe. Start moving and using your feet. Mm. Um, sure, there's exercises and things you can do to, you know, help it. But I'd say just start there because naturally you're gonna get fascia release from just walking on hard surface, yeah, and your feet will start to free up, mm-hmm. and then you'll start to feel. It could go as far as starting to alleviate pain from your low back. Yeah, yeah, the feet are connected to the hips and the knee. So, yeah. It can go on and on, but I think start there. And then if you want to invest, yeah, you can definitely look at, because um, obviously it's not socially acceptable in some places to just be barefoot. That's probably where it all started, man. Someone was like, we need to cover these ugly things up. These hairy toes, some man. So, you know, um, people cutting their feet up and stuff like that. But, you know, man, there's, we've got such soft land nowadays and it's fine. Yeah. We can, so yeah, start there. Like Ollie said, barefoot um, is the next go. But yeah, definitely it's um, something that, is a huge part of my life and I'm aware of and I really try to make sure my feet are looking very good. They should be nice and spread. Yeah, they don't want to be closed in and you can't use them. Imagine if we had like gloves on our hands that were like Nike gloves. Mm. You know what I mean? Like imagine if they were like shoes and they like, you know, could you imagine that? Yeah, like yeah. tied them up and they're like, oh man, what kind of Nike gloves you, or like kind of gloves. Imagine how cooked up your wrist would be and then your elbows would be all jammed. It's, it's the same concept, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing we 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 don't we can't even see our feet because we literally can't see them mm. because and, that, and then we disassociate from them our brain we trick our brain to believe we don't even have them nearly yeah. we have shoes not feet mm-hmm. yeah F- quick fun fact um, I don't know if this kind of made shoes kind of uh, I don't know popular and <laughs> made them what they are today but back way back in the day females like um they used to i think it was in china japan um i don't know if you've heard of this but they used to force their foot so they they would make it so their feet right they would bend their toes and the front of their foot underneath 
their foot right mm. over time and use things to restrict them so they couldn't move and because that was seen as um, attractive back then wow was, I believe what was that, that? yeah smaller feet they, they wanted yeah. smaller feet yeah. so they would yeah it, that's fucking weird yeah so it, yeah I'm certain that things <laughs> we got a mate hey earthing yeah yeah exactly earthing yeah, that's just walking barefoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, grounding, earthing, whatever grounding, you want yeah. to call it. Yeah, um, for sure. Connecting with you know maybe some maybe not soil like this, but you know somewhere where it's a bit more open and you know there's no like pipes underneath it and blocking off. There's a whole heap of science behind yeah. the electromagnetic fields and connecting. Yeah, so on and so forth. But it's like, yeah, grounding, earthing. Start there. Just mm. look at look up the word and just look up and just apply it. Yeah, that's just that's just start and you you'll see the benefits straight away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We haven't always worn shoes. Understand that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, speaking of movement, uh, you have run, is it two events so far? Is that right? Two workshops. Two workshops, yeah, sorry. testing the waters with those, yeah. Yeah, so those two workshops were around... Last year. But, like, what did oh, they sorry, involve? Oh, uh, sorry, yeah, topics. Yeah. Um, squat, bench, dead. Awesome. Overhead press. Yeah, it was just the big four. Yeah. Um, and just looked at how to move through those those compounds, yeah. Yeah, wicked. Um, so you're obviously huge on movement as a whole. Um, mm. You've done those two workshops. Oh, and, and then weightlifting, sorry. Olympic weightlifting was uh, the second one. Sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So yeah, you, you've done those. Now, mm. what is next? And also, will that involve um, a little bit more of an explanation and uh, bringing awareness to movement itself. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, what's next? Mm, so it's funny that you asked that. I've got an event next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, the event I've titled it this time, it's not just a workshop, it's called The Performer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's uh, I've got a two-day event and it's day one's based around mindset, which is um, just looking at how things are wired upstairs and how we can essentially create a reality that we desire but um, like you said of the movement sides of things that's day two and that is um, how we use our body and how our joints actually work not just following trends and and movements created from all these weird angles and things like this it's how our joints actually work and um, putting human bodies through it and and finding different pathways that they haven't uh, found before and exploring and getting to understand and really embody on the day how to move more proficiently. So, yeah, that's um, where I'm going with that. And it's, yeah, that's it's beta. This is this is number one coming up. So awesome. really keen to branch off from that. Wicked. And is that fully booked out now? It's booked out. Booked out. Yeah, yeah. wicked. Two tickets sold in the future. I haven't even dated that, but... <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Um Wicked, a couple of rapid fire questions. What do you believe is true that you cannot prove? Man. We can come back to it if you want to think on it. No, no, no. Quick fire, quick answer. Here we go. Um, (laughs) Aliens. Awesome. Love it. Morning rituals. What does the first 60 minutes of your day look like? First 60 60 minutes is me getting up as quick as I can I try not dwell and sit in bed in this horizontal position I like standing up and adjusting to a vertical position so I do that as quickly as I can no snoozing 
just straight up, yeah. Um, and I'll usually go into a meditation straight away. I like mm-hmm. to go into my inner world before the external world. Um, consistent as much as I can. I can't say I do that every single day, but I do that as much as I can, yeah. It's usually every second to every day. I do my best to do that. Um, and yeah, I'll just sit there and breathe and connect to myself. I might go outside, just walk around for a bit. Look out! We look out the back of um, Mitchum, so I usually step there and just look outside for a bit and just breathe. Then hydrate. That's my next step. It's just um, I usually get some um, rock salt, um, some good rock salt into some water. Hydrate. I don't know, 500 mils or something like that. And then um, I might have some um, food or a small coffee, and then pretty much get myself ready for work. Yeah, that's like used in the drive and that kind of wraps me up to about my client, yeah. Yeah, sick. That's awesome. Um, best then, oh, sorry, I was going to say cold showers occasionally, yep. but not as much. Yep. I yeah, we did kind of speak about that. I went through a, bit, a huge we? phase of them a while back, but mm-hmm. haven't done them recently. Want to int- reintroduce them, but it's just having the, the, the sack to kind of get in and get through <laughs> that first phase of getting used to them. It's pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, best investment you've made and why? Ooh. Let's go in the last. Nah, let's go o- overall. Best investment. Um, oh man, I've got to say the man Tom Clark. Yeah, he's he's stumbling across that mentor and just fucking beautiful man. Um, he has just taken that fog off my head and the blinds off my eyes and I can just see so clearly now yeah just see so I get who I am I get what I'm doing he's he's fast tracked my my mind and body um to really traject me into my next journey and phases into my life so Tom's been a investment that you can't really put a number on yeah wicked um all right how about the best investment you've made that was let's go Tim Ferriss style $100 or less what, what is the best thing you've bought that was $100 or less in the last year something sorry something um, mm. like something physical something yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, material not the I, I, a, a Paul Check's book came to mind how to nice. live uh, well uh, how to move well and be healthy mm-hmm. but I bought that years ago I bought another copy recently but that book there is unbelievable have you do you know the one I haven't yet no I'll, I'll lend it to you absolutely yeah, I'll, I'll link I'll, that in the, the notes as well that's yeah, awesome that, I'm pretty I'm very certain that's the name by Paul Check. yeah he's that one there is just like I feel like that's a book that needs to be at school hmm. it's fucking amazing it's got everything you need to know from how to understand how your digestive tract works to breathing and how your nose works to how like your feet and anatomy and 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 nutrition and talks about gluten and dairy and things that just we just don't get told about that has a i think it's a big detriment or maybe not but it it gives us some pretty valuable information this book is amazing Mm. yeah it's like my i often refer back to it yeah i love those books they're almost like bibles they are yeah. yeah yeah awesome um what was i gonna say on that uh, is there a book or possibly that one that you have gifted more than any other book? That supple, supple, supple Leopard and The Alchemist. 
Okay. And what are the authors of... Do you remember the names um, of the authors of those yeah, ones? Yeah, Alchemist. So Paul, uh, Paul Check for How to Eat Well mm-hmm. and Move Health... Uh, how to Move Well and Be Healthy. Um, supple Leopard. How to Become a Supple Leopard. That's all about movement and mobility. Um, that is from um, Kelly Starrett. Oh, yes. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Yep. And The Alchemist is... Forgot the name, Kalido, something Kalido maybe. Okay. Forgot the author of that one, um, but yeah, you'll be able to find it on wherever, whatever platform you're, you're searching them off. But yeah, yeah, the Alchemist, it's all about how to find your treasure. Sick, I love that. Mm. So speaking of where to find people, um, this camera, this camera, I was going to do a Sean Evans thing there, but we don't have a third camera. Um, tell the world where we can find you. Yep. And you've obviously got these incredible events now happening. Um, where can people keep up to date with, with what's next and what's coming? Cool, cool. Yeah, so um, Instagram's the main um, uh, platform at the moment. So that's just Dylan Taylor, D-Y-L-A-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R, triple underscore. I couldn't get just Dylan Taylor. <laughs> There's someone had to make it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm getting there as the years go by. I think they're getting deleted and uh, I can get one, an underscore less. But yeah, that's the... Are you um, sure it's not just an old account that you're too embarrassed to, <laughs> to uh, admit to? I don't know what else to call myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the that's the uh, Instagram handle there. And um, that's pretty much where I'm putting all my stuff at the moment. Um, and you'll have a um, link tree there which can link podcasts and stuff like that. So that's pretty mm. much all my info and what I'm up to and what, what's going on in my life. Awesome. Sweet. Well, I think that's a perfect place to finish up. Is there anything else that you feel like you would have loved to have touched on? Um, man, that's a whole other podcast, man. But um, There yeah, will just, be more. I just want to say thank you, brother. Um, thank you for just allowing me to be here. This is such a cool time that we can do this kind of stuff and reach out to so many people and, and spread a message and give value. So thank you for allowing me to be here. You know, big You're love, most brother. welcome, man. <laughs> love you too. Thank you. All right. Peace. Peace. Raw with Ollie McNichol.